In today's show, we look back at the action from Tuesday, a pretty crazy Lakers-Knicks game, all of the five games, the waiver wire trends, what we're doing with players. We'll talk about it all, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're going to talk about the action. About the action, talk about the news. Not a lot of news, actually. Um, talk about some waiver wire trends. We'll get into that in a second. But before I do that, trade deadline show. Thursday, February the 9th, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Join me. Live show. You'll see if you're on the video, there'll be a link to the show coming up the top here. Go click on that. Click the thumbs up. Bookmark it. Get your notifications on. We're going to be going two hours at least talking about the trades and how that impacts fantasy. So you're going to want to be there. It's going to be pretty good. I'm going to be there with other people. Hey, if there's people that you want on that show, uh, let me know. Drop those names down. We'll see if we can make it happen for guests to come on and speak about the NBA trade deadline. So uh, yeah, get that uh, get that down there and make sure it is in your diary. Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In terms of news for tomorrow, there's actually, there's actually not a huge amount of stuff that we haven't covered already on the What to Watch For show Earlier today, we did get some news on the Houston Rockets. Jalen Green, the Filipino legend, he will be out along with Kevin Porter Jr., but the delicate dancer, Alperen Shangun, is back. We'll talk a little bit more about the Rockets in a second, but that's some news there. Dan Gafford, Rudy Gobert, and Rob Williams are all questionable for tomorrow. So we'd love them to all play. I think Gobert is going to play. I think Williams is going to play. The only one I'm unsure about really is Gafford, and then that leads to more discussions or... um, unknown surrounding the value of Denny Avdia there in Washington, but love to get Gafford in so we can see a little bit of how that stuff is going to work. We also got another update from Minnesota about Carl Anthony Towns saying that he's progressing, which doesn't tell us a huge amount. We saw him in that walking boot a couple of days ago, and they still said, you know, we expect him to be back at some point this season. There's no way that's happening before the All-Star break. I'm pretty certain of that. Maybe it's a March return for Towns. If you have Towns on your roster, someone messaged me today. I said, man, what do I do with Towns? I'm first and I've got him and like Zion and Halliburton. Like, what do I do? Like, nothing. You're first and you're managing those guys and Halliburton's coming back. So if you are in a strong spot and you've got Towns, then good, you're still in a strong spot. Until we get a little bit more concrete information, you don't need to do anything with that. But if you are struggling, like I'm thinking it's it's got to be at least four weeks here for Towns at least, and you might you might have to buy the bullet, you might have to pull pull the pin on Towns. You you might have to drop him now. I'd obviously just try and trade him for a top seventy guy if I could, if I'm in that desperation situation. But um, it is really rough because we just don't know. And look, it literally might be six more weeks. I, I just don't know, and the lack of clarity even on this progression. Um, update doesn't really help us that much. It gives us more false hope than anything. You'd probably rather they say, look, he's probably not coming back this season, so you can just move on and get on with it. But there's a little bit of false hope in there. Maybe it's false hope. Maybe it's real hope. I don't know. It's unclarified hope. We just don't know what it means. And as so much stuff that you do in fantasy basketball at this time of the season is going to be dependent on your league and where you sit. 
If you're at the top, your decision-making is very different versus if you're sixth or seventh. It's very different. So have that always in your head when you're making your calls is that you can afford to be a little bit more risky and take some zeros at the top. And in the middle, you can't. You can't. You might be four weeks away from a playoff start. You might be five weeks away from a playoff start and you've got to start making those decisions. Let's look at the most added players off the waiver wire. Number one is Larry Nance. He's been pretty good, but again, it's not for everybody. The value in him still comes from Zion. And Zion's not back, but he's getting 22, 23 a night. He's useful enough for certain categories. And the second most added one's one, the one I want to talk about is Tari Eason because there is a groundswell for Tari Eason. I love Tari Eason. I think he's a really good player, and I'm really frustrated by the way that's been used this season. But people look at the, what he's done the recent games. I've talked a lot about how we got those minutes. Smith out, Smith out, Smith in foul trouble, Shangun out. That's how he got minutes. He has played, and I looked this up today on the live show. He has played a grand total of 13 minutes, 1-3, next to Shengun and Jabari Smith this season. Tari Eason has played 13 minutes with those guys out of his 950 minutes. So it's safe to say, I think, that he never plays small forward. That he just never does. 13 minutes is a ludicrously small amount. So the absence of Jalen Green, the absence of Kevin Porter, I'm not sure it does anything for Eason. I, I honestly don't know. It hasn't at all in any other point of the season. He gets minutes if Smith is out or Shingun is out. That is it. He doesn't replace Eric Gordon. He doesn't replace Jalen Green. He doesn't do any of that stuff. So while there is three games in four nights for the Rockets coming up, Shingun was on the injury report, but he's back. I don't mind adding Eason. Three games in four nights. It might be 60 minutes. It might be 51 minutes across those three games. 51 minutes for one waiver ad is a bloody bonus, especially when it's a player as good as Eason. So I do like the ad. But just be aware that so far to date, he does not play at all at small forward. He is Smith's backup, and that is it. I'd love it for, to change, but we're going by what we have seen, and that is what has happened. Manuel quickly was up 14%. That worked out pretty well. Dinadobi, pretty good ad to get quickly there, up 14%. But unfortunately, the second one there with Jericho Sims. You just made the list. Yeah, he made the shit list today because he was dreadful. We'll talk more about the Knicks and their rotation decisions a little bit later on. Next one's Pat Williams up 13%. Like, he was just okay. I think he still is a 12-team league guy. Mark Williams up 12%. Again, we'll talk about him later. Well, hi, Mark. I think it's a great ad heading into the deadline that almost has no chance of paying off, but it is a great ad. I know those things are contradictory, but I think that's the way we go. Alex Cruz up 9%. Well, he brought the defense. That's what he brings. It's frustrating that he can't play 28 a night. But the defensive value is there as a streamer. And then Jeremy Sohan, up 8%. Zohan, now! I'm a little worried that there's going to be a drop-off from him coming. And I'm still not sure about the usage in minutes and shooting percentages. But yeah, look, he, he's a guy to grab for sure. In terms of the most dropped players over the last 24 hours, I bet you can't guess who's at number one. Yep, Jonathan Isaac, down 17%. It's very hard for me to comment on Jonathan Isaac and his value because, as you're well aware, I just didn't believe in it. So when people go, is it time to drop Jonathan Isaac? Like, I don't know how to answer that correctly. Like, yes, but it was time three weeks ago. It's, he is really a luxury stash where you're holding him in a situation where you, you can deal with the, the 240th best player for four weeks with the chance of it never paying off. Well, that's what it is for Isaac. And look, it was always going to be slow, and it's what it is. 
Josh Richardson down 11%. Fine, get rid of him. And Bol Bol down 8%. Now, one thing I probably should have mentioned in the news section, I talked about it at length in the What to Watch for streaming show, is that Wendell Carter has appeared on the injury report as questionable for the Magic tomorrow. And we saw him, and I talked about it on the recap show yesterday, that during the game, the reporter suggested that his plantar fascia had flared up, and then he only played 20 minutes and Wagner played 27. And we didn't know whether it was the plantar fascia or Wagner playing well. Well, I think it might have been the foot. So that's a little bit of a worry. Now, it appears that Wagner will get the start if Carter misses, but who would be the backup? Because last game, it was Bumber ahead of Bowl. So dropping Bowl based on his production, totally fine. Should have been dropped weeks ago. But there is a chance for him to push back to 20 minutes if they give him the backup center spot. And honestly, Bowl is not a center. He's a power forward or a small forward in a power forward's body. Like he's not really a center. So I think Bumba might actually get another crack at that. So I don't have a problem with Bowl, but he might actually sustain some value tomorrow if Carter is out. Dorian Finney-Smith down 7%. No worries at all with that. Luca back, his value just dipped. There's no point holding through nonsense there. Monte Morris, not a must roster. Cool, he's down 7%. Dillon Wright down 6 I think if you added Dillon Wright for steals, you'd be disappointed at getting none in the last two games, but that shouldn't make you want to cut bait. Like you had him for the steals, they didn't come, but they will come. He's got a history of bringing you steals regularly. Nas Reed, the Wizard of Noz, he's down 5%. Very, very easy drop. And then Chris Duarte down 5%. Probably waited a day too long there to drop him. Given the lack of games for the Pacers and the return of Halliburton on Thursday, he's a drop who might become an ad or a stream guy a little bit later on, I think. I think that's how it'll work out. Today's episode is brought to you by Fangel. The Super Bowl, the only one, the only thing you need for your Super Bowl party is only one app. It is the Fangel app because that is America's number one sportsbook. And we're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sportsbook in America, Fangel. And if you're new to Fangel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download Fangel now so that you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. So if we go and have a look at the Super Bowl bets, the Eagles, I'm sure, are still favorites. One and a half points. Yes, they are. Let's have a look at any time touchdown scorer. We have got the favorite here, Travis Kelsey, minus 125, the only guy with a minus. They've got Jalen Hurts at plus 105. So I'm assuming that's... Yeah, you got to be a. You can't be a thrower. It has to be a carry or reception in the end zone. So it hurts at plus one hundred five. That's interesting odds. I guess they're assuming a goal line sneak sort of situation for Jalen. But all those odds are up over on FanDuel. The sportsbook app is safe and secure and easy to use as well. And best of all, you get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl fifty seven. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay. That is all of that done. Let's go and um, have a look at value. Value? I've, I've forgotten words. That's okay. Sometimes we do. Let's look at the games. That's what I'm trying to say. The Miami Heat beat the Cavs 100 to 97. It was a really strong game from Caleb Martin. 34 minutes, 18 and 10 with four threes. I actually just don't really care because A, he doesn't play 34 minutes every game. B, he's not an 88% shooter. And just, there's no reliability in this. Streaming for today absolutely would have been a fine idea. As a must roster guy, no. We look at him as a 14-team to 16-team league player. Tyler Hero was okay, 18-5-3. Bam was just okay, 18-11. And, and Butler was pretty good, but not great, 23-5 with three steals. But I guess the big story is what on earth do we do with Kyle Lowry? Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. 
Now, the line ended a bit better than it looked to start off with, but 24 minutes for Lowry, 6-3-2 with two threes. There's a real problem here with Lowry is that he had that knee problem, and then since he came back, they just don't play him any minutes. He gets no usage. He never goes to the free throw line, really. So usage is just well down, and I think it's got to be all knee-related. He's 196th over the last week. He's fallen now to 90th on the season, where he started off the season around 60. I think if you're in a shallow league, an 8- or 10-teamer, with the way this is going, I don't know if you can wait on it. Like six points, three rebounds, two threes. Who cares if you miss out on that? Now, he is a starting point guard who should be playing over 30 minutes a night, but it went backwards today. That's the worry. In general, I am rather conservative in terms of how quickly I move off guys, especially guys with established roles and established track records like Lowry. But everything I look at and go, it's not happening. Like it's moving the wrong direction. The knee's a real problem. Now, in two weeks, the knee might be okay, but if he's going to play through it, maybe it's not going to be okay. And I think, again, it's going to come down to that decision. Where are you in the standings? Are you strong? Are you weak? If you're weak and you're dealing with this bloke, just move on. You might have to do... You don't have to do that, but you might. right? If you're getting nothing and it's going to take three weeks to get back, you might be done by then. Victor Oladipo is similarly. Six assists is good. Three steals is good without any question. But five points on 25% and only 27 minutes... Very hard to look at him as a must-roster 12-team league play. He'll suit certain teams. But when I say must-roster, I mean that if I'm in a 12-team league and Victor Oladipo sitting on the waiver wire, I don't like scramble. Like, oh my God, I've got to add him. Who could have been the idiot that dropped him? I look at it and go, yeah, but I'm not sure it makes sense on my team. All right, And if someone added him, I'd go, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like It's sort of indifference of either way. He could sit on the wire and I could completely leave him alone or... He could get grabbed by someone and go, ah, good, see what, see what happens. Like someone left a comment on the video the other day saying, or oh, today it was, hey, I'm in his league and the guy on top dropped Desmond Bain. Should I go and add him? Like that is a must roster. Like, what are you doing? Immediately run, grab him immediately. I don't, it doesn't even matter really who you drop. Like, grab him immediately. If someone dropped Victor Oladipo, I'd look at it and I'd go, eh, like, I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe in certain situations, but it's got to really make sense in your team. We've got a real pattern of poor field goal percentage, but good steals. And the minutes have pushed down here too. Um, Vincent played 21 minutes in the Winter Soldier. Yeah, look, you can go ahead and drop Max Drew zero points in 14 minutes. For the Cavs, the Don, Donovan Mitchell. He's Don. He's good. He was pretty good. 16 points on 17 shots is bad. But nine assists, four steals, three threes, 37 minutes. He has really started to drop off a little bit from that early season hot streak. He's still 14th, but he was running at 7th or 8th for a big period of time. He's 45th over the last week, which I think he's the 45th ranked player for four consecutive seasons. Maybe it was three consecutive seasons. So him being in the 20s or 30s down the stretch, he wouldn't be a complete surprise. Darius Garland had foul troubles. That's why he had lower minutes. He also tweaked his ankle, so watch that. 16, 1, and 5 with two threes, while Allen had 14 and 11, and Mobley 19, 7, and 4 with two blocks. Mobley is really starting to come on of late, and we're seeing big plus minus for him in this game, and usage steadily going up. We want a little bit more, but it is encouraging. Karis Levert played 29 minutes. Dracaris. Of course, he was a big negative from the field and a big negative from the line. Well, not a big negative from the line, two or three, but he was a minus 19 overall. He had 14, five, and three. He's really hard to trust in a category league. In a points league, I can see why you would have him on the roster. I still wouldn't feel good about it. But in a category league, you definitely don't need to do that. While Okoro had five points in 25 minutes and Dean Wade played 21. Rubio, eight, five, and five. Assist streamer, but not a 12-10 league guy. And interestingly, Kevin Love out of the rotation. He was healthy. He did not play. People still roster Kevin Love in 12-10 leagues. Obviously, nobody listened to this show. Sure, yeah, yeah. No one listened to this show. 
is a 12-team league player, isn't a 12-team league um, person with Kevin Love on their roster. No way that's real, yeah? Surely not. But if you are, covertly go and drop him. You don't have to tell me about it, but go drop him. You don't need to have Kevin Love on your roster. The second game, the Lakers-Knicks. It's just There's always something silly going on in a Lakers game. Goes to overtime. They beat the Knicks 129-123. Let's look at LeBron. LeBron James. 43 minutes, 28, 10, and 11. That's his first triple-double for the season. And we talked about on the Buy Low, Sell High show this morning how LeBron was putting up first-round numbers, and I thought he was a bit of a sell high because some of his shooting stuff wasn't going to stick. Well, he shot 44 from the field and 57 from the line here because we knew that stuff was going to fall away, and I am really worried about the minutes load in his foot. I would be, I would have, yeah, it's gonna, maybe the triple-double convinces people. If I get a top-10 player for LeBron, I would do it without any question. 37 minutes for Anthony Davis, 27 and 9. He did still didn't look right. He was limping around, I thought, towards the end of the game, and maybe that's because he played 37 minutes, but he didn't look right to me. And then we got the big minutes from Rui Hachimura. 19 and 9 for Rui. This is what he can do. He can score if you give him enough of the ball, and they gave him a decent amount of well, playing time, 40 minutes. Um, nine rebounds, and he had nothing else until that block in overtime that they ruled a goaltend and then overturned it. So he ended up with 19 and nine with a block. He still only had 14% usage despite playing 40 minutes, and he shot 67% to get there. This, to me, is under no circumstance an indication for him to be a 12-team must-add player. The minutes are very encouraging. Someone will go to the bench. It'll be him or Troy Brown. because Patrick. Well, maybe they won't because Patrick Beverly was out here. So he's got to return. Austin Reeves still has to return as well. So you're not expecting 40 minutes a night from Hachimura. But again, it's the illustration of what he doesn't do that limits him in category leagues. Assists, steals, blocks, shot poorly from the line. Sort of wild stat. And it's not, it's not to disparage Rui, but over his career, the four years he's played in the NBA, 99.4% of the three-pointers he has made have been assisted. In three of his four years, he has not made a single unassisted three-pointer. That is crazy to me. That is that is a ridiculous number that he has not self-created a three in three years in the NBA. He think he's done two self-created threes across his entire career. Now, some players just don't do that. But that is still like a, a ridiculous amount that he just cannot create his own three at all. And yes, LeBron setting up gets you there, but... It means he just doesn't do anything with the ball in his hands, limiting so much of what fantasy value can bring. I don't think you would need to hold on to Dennis Schroeder. Get that garbage out of here! He did. He had 12 points. One of them was on a crazy half-court buzzer beater at halftime. So otherwise, it would have been much worse. 12.6 assists. I don't think you need to hold him. Troy Brown started, had nine points. Like, eh, whatever. Well, Lonnie Walker. Whoa. Remember, I, I, got, I got some criticism early in the season about Lonnie Walker saying, look, I don't think he's very good. And he's just on a hot streak of shooting. And he's not this good of a player. Hello. He had two points on 17% in 13 minutes. There are people still holding him in 12-team leagues. And I beg you, please do not do that. There's no reason to have him in a 10, 12, or honestly, a 14-team league. He's he's just not a very good NBA player and not a very good... Oh, he's definitely not a very good fantasy player. Tom Bryant, 16 minutes, nine points. Don't need to hold him. I mean, if you added him for the three games in four nights, maybe you wait until Thursday. But this is what we see. 16 minutes. This is what happens when Davis is playing. They're not going to play together. Maybe, maybe a minute or two. It, there's no standalone value for Tom Bryant. It's not there. Westbrook was all right. I thought 16, 7, and 8, three steals. Two or, four from, two or five from the line, which is bad, but 54 from the field. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a bad Westbrook game. It was a pretty solid game. For the Knicks, 
Let's start with the good. I thought Jalen Brunson was amazing in this game. 37-2-6, a steal on a block, 9-9 of nine from the line. He was awesome. But some interesting rotation decisions. RJ Barrett benched down the stretch. 33 minutes because, you know what? Do you know what I'm going to say? It's the same shit with this bloke every time. Every time. And I refuse to believe he's ever going to be, be better. 13, 3-2, three no threes, no steals, no blocks, 39 from the field, 3 of 4 from the line. Just a horrific category league player. And he got benched, rightfully so. He is not very good. Quickly got the minutes. 39 minutes, 19-3-8 with a steal. But we can't trust that either because some nights he'll play 27. Now he's trending up and we see either Grimes get benched or Barrett get benched some nights to give quickly the minutes. He's probably worth having. And then the other one I just don't know about is the center position. Jericho Sims had been starting and playing around 30 minutes a night. You just made the list. Now, if you know one thing about me and one thing about my evaluation of players on the Knicks is that I've said time and time again that I think Isaiah Hardenstein's a better player than Jericho Sims. In fact, I've said he's, I think he's a better player than Mitchell Robinson, but he's obviously played worse than Robinson this season. And I've just hated the way that he's been used with really low usage, Hartenstein, and being limited behind Sims is insanity to me. But as I would constantly tell you, it doesn't really matter if I think someone is a better player if the other guy is going to get 30 minutes versus 18. Well, today we got things flipped around, so now I don't really know what to believe. Sims played 13 minutes, had zero points. He got cooked early on. Yes, he had four fouls, but three of those fouls came at the start of the third quarter. In the first half, he only had one foul. He just was bad. And Hartenstein played 40 minutes. He had 16 and 13. Now, he still had 11% usage, and he only got there because Sims sucked and Hartenstein shot 17, 70%. So I look at this and go, well, look, what do we do? Is Hartenstein an ad? Like, I, I do not trust this minutes distribution at all. I don't think Hart... Last time we saw them get 25 and 23 when Hartenstein blocked that game-winning shot from Donovan Mitchell, the next game it was back to Sims at 30 and Hartenstein at 18. Is that what's going to happen next game? Probably. Hartenstein, again, a clear better player. And even with the stops and starts with his minutes, he's 88th over the last week. So if you want to add in, by all means. If you want to hold on to Sims, by all means. Because I, I can't sit here and bullshit to you guys and tell you that I know, well, this is it now. Hartenstein's going to take over. I can't even feel confident in saying that. In fact, I feel confident in saying the opposite, even though I know which one of these two is the better player. But I don't trust Captain Comover to make that decision correctly or make it in time. Quentin Grimes, just another subpar game. 12-4-3 is, is adequate. Two steals boosts the numbers, but overall, is he a must-roster player? I don't think so. That's definitely not bad. Like 40 minutes is okay, or it's great, but those numbers are just middling. They're just not must-roster, I don't think. They're fine to hold, but they're not must-roster numbers. And I say the best, and by the best, I mean the worst until last. Um, Julius Randle. I can't, I can't with it. I, I know he's been better this season. I know I had him in my all-star team. I think he's had some really good moments. But today in this game, it was horrendous to watch. I've never seen a player who has some really good moments make continual dumb decisions all the time. Like the amount of ISO ball trying to take that last shot at the end of regulation, that ridiculous travel at the start of overtime. Like the decision-making of this guy is, it's, it's insane. Like, what are you doing? And then he has the good games where things get hot and he hits seven threes in a quarter and things are rolling. But then he has no... He's like, I don't even know who, what sort of player to compare him to. It's like Westbrook, basically. Like, just, I'm going to do everything and sometimes it's going to come off and, and when it doesn't, it looks like I've honestly just don't have a single piece of basketball IQ at all. That's how it looks when he plays. Sometimes it pa plays off, pays off, but man, like, I just don't think you can ever be a massive, high-level, successful winning team with him on your, on your squad because he just hijacks everything. 
and that will get you some regular season wins. But bloody hell, he was dreadful today. And, and again, you look at it and go, he had 23, 12, and 5, Josh. Yeah, he was shocking. He was so bad, but he just dominated everything getting those numbers. I thought he was terrible. He had 9 of 11 from the, from the line, which is great, but shot 32% from the field. And when you're feeling it that way, you've, you've got to make sure you take 19 shots with 28% usage. At least Brunson took the bulk of the shots, but I just thought he was really bad. And, you know, I have praised him quite a bit this season, but far out, he was dreadful in this game, I thought. Today's episode is also brought to you by Bilpa. Bilpa is the best tasting protein bar ever. You know it. And we're all looking for treats post-New Year. We might have slid back out of our New Year's resolutions and we started getting the unhealthy snacks because they're just easier to get and they taste great. Well, let me tell you now, Built Bar tastes just as good, if not better. And they are covered in 100% chocolate, but it's low in calories and fat. You don't even have to wait for the postman to deliver them. You can still get them off Built.com, but now you can just go into Walmart when you're in there trying to buy your fishing nets or your five kilo boxes of Cocoa Puffs, whatever you're buying, you can go get some Built Bars as well. They are low in calories, high in protein. And at Walmart, the four-bar box, they've got them in cookies and cream. They've got them in coconut puff and double chocolate. Or at Sam's Club, now I know what Sam's Club is, they've got a 13-bar box of churro or brownie batter flavor. So go to Built.com, go to Walmart, go to Sam's Club, and order your Built Bars. Built Bar is built different. The Clippers and the Bulls. How, how did the Bulls lose this game? How? I mean, they're the Bulls, but how? 108, 103, the Clippers win. Um, again, I, I can't get over that they lost. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> 40 minutes for Kawhi. 33, 4, and 5. 5 steals, 2 blocks, and 3 threes. This is the number 7 ranked player over the last week. He is up to... Oh, seriously, hold on to your dicks. He's the 26th ranked player this season per game. 26th. Remember the... Um, slander towards Kawhi, the slander towards anyone associated with Kawhi, the slander towards anyone talking about Kawhi in fantasy at the start of the season, he is going to end up probably exceeding ADP, I'd say, on a per-game basis at least. Totals, yeah, look, we had that weird stuff at the start of the year. But I also I also would be like, mm, playoff schedule is bad. Maybe you want to cash in. They have some back-to-backs a lot and very low game volume. Now, there's a chance that Kawhi does play back-to-backs in fantasy playoffs, right? That is possible. But you could also be stuck with seven games across your fantasy playoffs of Kawhi. And while he's playing like this, this is a great cash-in time. Paul George played 40 minutes, 16, 10, and 7, really good. While Norman Powell, I think he scored 21 in the second quarter and ended with 27. We know the Norm Powell story. Say it with me. He needs big minutes. He got him. And great shooting. He got it, 64%. And when he doesn't, there's nothing. Now, to be fair to him, he had four assists and two steals. It was a really strong game. That brings him up to 103rd over the last week. I still think he's more of a fringe guy who you definitely want to roster on a day like this when there's only five games on. But as a reliable every game player, he's not really there. They started the Duck Luke Kennard. He missed all six of his shots, which is dreadful. Reggie Jackson still rostered in 12 10 leagues. Why? What are we doing? Two points for him with four assists. While Bob Covington, this is the worry with Covington. He had a triple one. Yeah, that's great. He played eight minutes. And on a healthy team, and they're still not healthy because Morris and Wall are out, I don't know where he plays. I don't know how he gets minutes, and I don't think he gets anywhere close to 20 minutes a game that would be what you need to have him in a 12-team league. So while there are some good moments from Covington, I just don't see it. I don't see how it happens. Zubats had 14 and 12 with three blocks. Pretty strong from him, while Batum had two threes and two steals on 20% shooting, which is obviously dreadful. Yeah, the Terrence Mann stuff's not working pretty clearly. We, we dropped him weeks ago, though, surely. For the Bulls. It's Vosevich. It's big Vosevich. Vosevich. 
39 minutes for Nick. 23-14, four assists, really strong shooting. Of course, he didn't take a free throw because he's allergic to that, but some really good numbers there. While the skater boy, Zach Levine. 14 rebounds for Zach Levine. Now, he shot poorly from the field and the line, but 18-14 and 8's not bad. And then we have DeRozan, who I thought was really quite poor in this game. 20 points, um, 5 assists, a steal and a block, 42 from the field, 67 from the line. He just wasn't feeling it at all. And, and that's okay. He's allowed to have some off games, but he was bad here. And Pat Williams just did enough to sort of hold. If you've got him, just to hold. Like, it's not good. 11-6 and six with a block, but it's worth a hold. While Caruso, 23 minutes. Just start the guy, play him 29 minutes. I don't see the Dusumu point at all. 10 points, two threes, two rebounds, two steals, two blocks, or as some might say, a Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. That's where Crusoe's value is. It's getting steals, adding in some blocks. He shot 100% from the field. If you don't need his defensive stats, the other stuff is really hard to stomach. But he is a 12-team league guy for that purpose, but not as a must roster for everybody. Dasumu had 11-3-4, and four, which is not a bad game, but I still don't think he's anywhere near the 12-team zone, while Kobe White hit two threes. Kobe White's moving into the George Niang, Isaiah Joe, reliable two-plus three-pointers three uh, per game streaming territory, but that's probably about it for him. The Charlotte Hornets and the Bucks 115, Charlotte 124, Milwaukee, Lamelo 27, 10, and 11, and he didn't have a Richie Benno. He had a Chris Gale, 3-3-3. Three threes, three steals, three blocks on 39% shooting, which is horrible. And 67 from the line, which is also horrible, but good counting stats there. While PJ Washington Jr., the guy that's keeping Jay Crowder's seat warm. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. 14 and seven, two threes, a steal and a block. Remember this, he shot poorly with Lamello. Remember that. Because people love to say, well, he, he'll, whenever Lamello plays, he'll shoot well. And it's just never as binary as that. Rogier shot... Paulie again, 30%, but 20 and 7, two threes, a steal, definitely not a bad game. But Gordon Haywood, give him 30 minutes, please, because the numbers are actually really good. 16 and 7, three assists, 50% shooting. I think you've got to grab him. I don't trust it, and the minutes are annoying, but you've probably got to grab him. The Cockroach had 14 and 14, Mason Plumley, while Mark Williams could have had a better game, but he had five points on 20% shooting. He had seven boards, he had a block, and he remains a 12-team league player with a very small chance of Mason Plumley getting traded. But we want to hold through the next week to see if that does happen or not. They do have three games in four nights. This was the first of those. So if you've got Jalen McDaniels, you hold through that. He had 15 and 6. But he's not going to be able to maintain value long term, especially with Ubre eventually coming back and Haywood there now. Now, things could change at the deadline for sure. I don't think McDaniels is definitely a must-hold player at all through this scenario. Again, things could change depending on what they do, but he hasn't done enough to flash high enough upside for me to hold. Look, if I hold and then Ubre gets traded and Haywood gets traded and then McDaniels played 30 minutes and I, what have I got, the 110th best player, and there's a chance that none of those things happen and I've just wasted a roster spot where I could have been stashing somebody else. That's how I'd like to look at that. Like, is the actual upside of Jalen McDaniels hold, uh, holding him, is it worth it? Ah, I, I really don't think so. For the Bucks, Giannis. Giannis and Tokatomatu. Um, 34, 18, and 4. He was good from the field, 58, and he was good from the line, 5 of 6. Wow. Lopez had 8 and 11 with 5 blocks, still bringing those blocks, but we've seen his per-game value continuing to dip and continuing to dip. He'll probably fall outside the top 50 soon, I'm guessing. While Chris Middleton saw the minutes go up to 20, we're still not all the way there, but 18, 3, and 3, absolutely does it for me. I love that. Totally good. Totally fine. 31 usage. Hopefully, we get the starting back for him. Hopefully, we get the value back. He's top 100 over the last week and hasn't crossed 20 minutes yet. Very encouraging. Um, Pat Connaughton, he, he is who we thought he was. 8-7, 25%, triple one. Not a 12-team league player. 
And then Grayson Allen hit four threes. He's a good threes and steal streamer, Allen. Four threes, two steals. But you can't ask for much more there. It was also a bit of a stinker from Holiday in terms of shooting. 30 from the field for Drew and 67 from the line on 15, uh, 15 points, 13 rebounds and two steals. We don't complain too much, but it is a bit of a cold streak here for Drew. He's the 101st ranked player over the last week. And we can expect a little bit more from him, I think. All right, we're going to the last game of the night. And um, your full disclosure... The game's finished, obviously, but there's something, some issue with the stat provider and feeding through the stats through to Basketball Monsters. So the normal page that I read, not the one that you're seeing, that's all up to date, but the one that I normally read is not up to date. So when I go to do Lines of the Night, for some reason, the stats have just stopped importing with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And I thought, I can either wait for that to be updated, but it might not happen until tomorrow morning. So I'd rather just do the show, finish it off, understanding that the in terms of evaluation of players' overall numbers for the lines of the night, I'm not going to have them complete because I just don't because the stat provider hasn't brought them through. I hope all that makes sense. But anyway, the Nuggets win the final game of the night, beat the Pelicans 122-113. That's nine in a row losses for the Pelicans. That's bad, obviously. Ingram's still shooting really poorly, 5 of 17 here. He had 16 points, but nine assists, steal and block, 32 minutes. So that's basically just back to normal. Now, he was a horrendous minus 19 in this game, as were a few of the other starters. Well, they went minus 19, but they had some horrendous numbers. They just got cooked in portions here. Herb Jones, 36 minutes. This is a great game from Herb. Absolutely great. 21 points, 7 of 8 from the line, 75% shooting. Like, none of this shit is real. He had five steals. That's real. Four assists, maybe real. But this is great. Still treat him like a steal streamer. We've got ample evidence to suggest that this is just a massive outlier. Um, don't get fooled too heavily on this. Trey Murphy got good minutes, 31 minutes. And we compare that to Najee Marshall's 24. That pushes things in Trey's favor. 14-3-1 with two steals. And an okay line for Trey. He still can be a 12-team league player, but he is definitely on the fringes. While McCollum had 21-2-7. And, and only 19 minutes of Valanciunas. It, it hurts when you're getting cooked by Jokic. That's really hard to get back from. But with Ingram there, they don't need his offensive creation as much. And then I think when Zion comes back, he's really done. I wouldn't drop Jonas, but expect some lower minutes. With Valanciunas struggling, we got 21 Larry Nance minutes, and he was good. 13-11, two steals. Probably is an ad, but again, you have to understand his limitations. Najee had four points. We don't need to hold him. Alvarado had a bit of a nasty fall. Never really never returned in this game, so don't get too... Um, well, hopefully, he's okay, but obviously, he's not an ad. And we had Devontae Graham disgustingly playing minutes over Kyra Lewis, so that's always sick and awesome and cool and all that sort of stuff. For the Denver Nuggets. Oh, I forgot my button. I went to push the wrong one. Lucky I didn't. I'm pretty sure if my stats had have updated, because when I give lines of the night, it's not gut feel. It's off a number-based system, right? If my stats had have updated, this would have been the monstrous line of the night. Nikola Jokic had 26, 18, and 15, a steal and a block, ridiculous shooting as per usual. He's, just, he's ludicrous. He's stupid. It's unbelievable. Well, Jamal Murray is absolutely cooking. 32, 5, and 6 for Murray on, with seven threes, almost 50% shooting. He is rolling, 35 minutes there. And KCP, absolute defensive dynamo at the moment. 15 points, 5 rebounds, 4 steals, and 2 blocks. I think he's averaging 3 steals a game over the last 2 weeks. That will come down. That makes him a gigantic sell high. But at the moment, no one's going to actually buy him though. So you just ride this out, get the good value, understand that he is still a fringe guy, but it is a real hot streak for him. Magaporta Jr. had 13-5. and five. Not much else. It's a pretty standard game, but he hit his 3 threes. While Aaron Gordon, he's definitely cooled off a bit here, Gordo. Um, the free throws are a real issue. He's like 
punt free throw sort of territory. 15, 6, and 6. No defensive stats and 2 of 5 from the line. As for the bench, guys, the five-minute man played five minutes. Bones Highland, two points. Now, there's no, absolutely zero reason. Let me finish. There's a, I'm waiting for you guys to interrupt me. And you're not even here. There's absolutely zero reason to hold Bones Highland if we're looking at his production on the Nuggets. There's been zero reason to hold him all season. But there is chatter from Shams about a trade of Bones. There's the stuff of Bones removing Nuggets stuff out of his bio. There was a report from someone from Bleacher Report who deleted it after I called him out because it was bullshit. Um, it, that he said that Bones representing the Nuggets at the All-Star game will be the last official thing that he does for the Nuggets. I said, well, that's clearly garbage because... If he is traded, he won't be representing the Nuggets at the um, All-Star game. And if he is representing the Nuggets at the All-Star game, well, he will just play for them after the All-Star break. And then he said, oh, yeah, I got my times wrong. I forgot that the deadline was here. So I'm not putting any faith into that report if we can't get those simple facts right. But still, there's a lot of chatter around Bones. So I'm not stashing him because I don't really see a team that's trading for Bones and playing him 26, 27 minutes a night, which he probably what he needs. I don't see where that where that happens. Maybe it happens. I don't see where it happens. Um, but I get it if you want to. We are a week away from the NBA trade deadline, a week and two days away from the NBA trade, de- trade deadline. Bones is going to give you nothing in the interim, but it's a week. I've got no problem with stashing anybody really for a week. It doesn't It, it doesn't impact you gigantic. Like if you're a real, real battle stations and you need the playoff win now or to get to the playoffs, I, I get it. But if you fully believe that Bones is going to get traded and you've mapped it out, where he's going to go and where he's going to get these minutes, I've got no problem. But understand that nearly every stash goes wrong. It is very, very rare for a trade deadline stash to actually do anything. It's such a rare phenomenon that you are going to be wrong. Like that, just set yourself with that thing. We talk about EV, expected value, right? The EV on a trade deadline stash is negative nearly every time. But there's no problem. If you do it for four weeks, it's ludicrous. If you do it for three months, it's insane. If you do it for a week, because you fully believe that Bones is going somewhere and going to be unleashed, again, I don't believe that. But if you do, knock yourself out. Go for it. Bruce Brown struggled. Seven points, two assists and a steal. He probably is a soft hold, I think. While Christian Brown got Bones Highlands minutes in the second half, he had four points with five rebounds. He's, he's a pretty good on-court player, Brownie. Christian Brown, but he doesn't really translate across to big fantasy numbers. I'm just going to do a quick double check to see whether the stats have uh, have changed. Nope, they have not. So let's go through and do the lines of the night. Remember, these are the incomplete lines of the night. The monstrous is Kawhi Leonard. It would have been Jokic, but at the moment it is Kawhi Leonard. The waiver wire is Caleb Martin. The young gun is Herb Jones, despite not having all of his stats through there. And the dud of the night is Rowan Barrett because he stinks. The top 10 players in category leagues, you'll see a few asterisks there next to these players' names. Number one is Kawhi. Number two is Jokic. He probably would be one. Three, Lamelo Ball. Four, Norman Powell. Five, Giannis. Six, Vooch. Seven, Jamal Murray. Just bump him up a few spots. Eight, Jalen Brunson. Nine, Herb Jones. Probably pushes up a little bit there. And 10 is Zach Levine. Your top 10 players rostered under 50%. Caleb Martin, fluky. Don't worry about a 12 10 at Hartenstein, I'm really torn. I don't know. I don't know whether he's going to get the big minutes. He should. He should. If I could tell Tom Thibodeau something to do, I would tell him play him over Jericho Sims because he's clearly a better player. But that hasn't happened really much at all. And even in other games, he starts and has 11 usage and doesn't shoot 70% like he did today. So by all means, it's, there's no problem with taking a flower in Hardenstein. I believe in him. You believe in him. But whether Captain Comover does or not, I don't know. Wes Matthews, couldn't care less. Grayson Allen at number four. Yeah, look, he's a solid streamer. That's it. Dasumu's a 16-teamer. Grimesy is a like a 14-team league player with some 12-team stream. 
this briefcase and this haircut. Number seven is Okoro. Number eight is Troy Brown. Number nine is Javon Carter. Number 10, 10 is Ricky Rubio. And not any of those players are even sniffing 14-team league value, I don't think. And your top 10 players in points leagues. Number one was Lamelo, followed by Kawhi, Giannis, LeBron, Jokic at five with an asterisk. Jalen Brunson at six, Vooch at seven, Levine at eight, Westbrook at nine, and Storman Norman Powell at 10. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. <laughs>